It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. I think the search was legal and constitutional. The question is, is it good judgment? A judge ruling on the affidavit governing the raid at former President Trump's Florida estate, Mar-a-Lago, says it should not be completely sealed. Suspect who allegedly hit a man in his head in an unprovoked attack in the Bronx walks free after the Bronx DA downgrades attempted murder charges. Three arrests and the fatal beatdown of a yellow taxi cab driver. Those abandoned outdoor dining structures are being torn down in New York City, although the city's mayor says outdoor dining, it's here to stay. Apple warning users of hacking vulnerabilities in its iPhones, iPads, and Macs, urging downloading of new software. U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhart Thursday said that affidavit related to the FBI raid on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate should not be completely sealed, according to Fox News. Reinhardt, who is an Obama appointee, has ordered other documents related to the FBI raid to be unsealed today, including the application for the warrant, the motion to seal and the cover sheet. Reinhardt has given the government one week to submit proposed redactions under seal by noon on August 25th. Judge Reinhardt will review those redactions and then decide how he wants to proceed or if he wants to make his own redactions instead. He reminded all that if the government or media object to his redactions, which will also be under seal, they can appeal his ruling. Here's former Assistant Attorney General John Yu. It's up to the judge, not the Justice Department, what gets released. And this judge clearly sees that the public is upset about this case. He's doing his best here, I think, to restore public faith in law enforcement. And that will be cured by making as much public as possible. A coalition of media outlets argued to make the affidavit public. The U.S. Justice Department argued Thursday making the affidavit public could cause significant and irreparable damage to an ongoing criminal investigation. Former President Trump and allies want the affidavit released in full, unredacted. Charges have now been downgraded against an ex-convict and sex offender from the Bronx who allegedly, without provocation, put gloves on and from behind allegedly hit a man in the head outside of a Bronx restaurant. 55-year-old Bai Van Fu of the Bronx released after a charge of suspicion of attempted murder was downgraded to assault. Assault's a misdemeanor and harassment as well, which both don't require bail. The decision to downgrade the charge to a misdemeanor comes out of the Bronx DA's office. The registered sex offender who was convicted in 1995 of sex abuse spent six years in prison. The victim here, 52-year-old Jesus Cortez, suffered a skull fracture and had to have brain surgery. He's currently in a coma at Jacoby. Here's his niece, Anel Gomez, who spoke to ABC7. Doctors are waiting for his um, brain pressure to go down. 
to see if the hit caused any any problem like towards his body or any brain damage. The victim in critical but stable condition and investigation is ongoing. Two 20-year-old men and a 15-year-old girl have been arrested now and face charges in the beating death of a New York City taxi cab driver. This cab driver, 52-year-old Kooten Gaima, died after police say he hit his head on the ground during an altercation with fare-evading passengers who also tried to rob him on Saturday right near Beach 54th Street in Far Rockaway, Queens. The New York State Federation of Taxi Drivers was at a press conference in support of Gaima's sobbing wife, who wants justice. I have no words to describe him. He was a good man. He was a good, good man. Police say that 20-year-old Austin Amos faces several charges, including manslaughter. 20-year-old Nicholas Porter faces gang assault and theft charges. Those abandoned outdoor dining structures in New York City will be torn down by city officials. The announcement by New York City Mayor Eric Adams Thursday. But the mayor insists the city's outdoor dining program is here to stay, but it needs to be revamped. Listen, I am so low maintenance. I'm open. Whatever way they come out with, whatever uh, decision is made, I'm open. I like the idea of outdoor dining. Uh, during the winter time, I like the coverage, uh, covering part of it. Um, I thought the heater system, I ate outdoors a lot during the winter. I thought the heaters uh, were great. Uh, So I am completely open. You know, I'm a nightlife mayor, and I like to test the product. The city has dismantled at least two dozen sheds and is targeting another 37 other city council also envisioning a permanent program that would expand sidewalk dining and allow businesses that previously participated to reapply for permits. Today... Today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. Oh, well, that is the late Steve Jobs announcement when he first introduced the iPhone. Now, security may have to be reinvented, too. Apple announced on Wednesday that there are security vulnerabilities in its iPhones, iPads, and Macs. The software flaws could potentially allow attackers to completely take control. So Apple released new software updates for Macs on Thursday and for phones on Wednesday. And uh, the flow affecting iPhones 6 and later models, uh, several models of the iPad, including the fifth generation and later all iPad Pro models and the iPad Air 2. In your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly sunny today. Our high is 90, the overnight low 72, partly sunny day tomorrow, the high 83. And more sunshine Sunday, the high 79 is a pretty decent weekend uh, coming up. 70 degrees, clear skies here in the Big Apple. Well, aides uh, former President Donald Trump believe that a member of his own family may have tipped off the FBI about the presence of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Now, that's according to The Guardian. Dozens of FBI agents appeared to have specific information about what to look for. Here's Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. He weighs in on Newsmax. It's all a scam. And they came in saying they were looking for classified information. They were looking for presidential records. And none of that was true, and he needs his materials back. The FBI was tipped off as to the locations of things like a leather-bound box and Trump's safe. Both Trump's estranged niece, Mary, and his former attorney, Michael Cohen, have speculated that Jared Kushner, the former president's son-in-law, could be the informant. However, neither offered evidence to back that claim. Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer of former President Trump's real estate business, pleaded guilty Thursday to 15 counts after reaching a plea deal with the Manhattan DA's office. 
as Weisselberg and his attorneys left court. One woman there yelling, Bayou Crook. Weisselberg is the first individual to be criminally prosecuted as part of the DA's investigation into the Trump Organization, a group of business entities owned by the former president. Weisselberg did not agree to disclose any information on the former president himself, according to the New York Times. He will also have to pay a fine of about $2 million, according to the New York Post. Weisselberg reportedly agreeing to a five-month jail term but could serve as who is 100 days in prison, according to the Times. Well, a recording reveals that Representative Liz Cheney, the Republican out of Wyoming, did in fact concede her election loss to a Donald Trump-backed challenger. Cheney's rival, Harriet Hageman, claimed Wednesday night on Sean Hannity's Fox News program that Cheney left a very brief two-second message on her personal cell phone after losing in Tuesday's Republican primary. An audio recording provided by the lawmakers' campaign shows otherwise reported Politico. Hi, here is Liz Cheney calling. It's uh, about 8.13 on uh, Tuesday the 16th. I'm calling to concede the election uh, and uh, to, uh, to congratulate you on the win. Thanks. Bye-bye. Cheney ultimately left a voicemail before taking the stage at her election party, where she also conceded her loss. Cheney told NBC News earlier this week she's actually considering a run for the White House despite her election loss by a wide margin. She says she'll make a decision in the coming months. Dr. Memedaz is behind in the polls against rival U.S. Senate candidate Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. A new poll released this week by Business Union Alliance Group Pittsburgh Works Together showed that Fetterman, with a commanding lead of nearly 20 points in his campaign against Oz. Fetterman, the Democrat, Oz, the Republican. All polls from a real circle, clear politics poll show Fetterman with an average lead of about nine points throughout the campaign. Dr. Oz was on Cats at Night, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. Democracy is based on us seeing our candidates, making sure they hear us, hear our issues, and then we get to judge based on our interactions with them and what we hear them doing when they debate each other and when they're being asked tough questions by the media, how do they respond? Because everyone can say whatever they want in private, but when you get into the public arena, you got to be able to stand up to some scrutiny. The uh, last U.S. Senate rate in Pennsylvania back in 2016 was decided by less than two points. While the 2020 presidential election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump was close, prompting the Trump campaign to lodge allegations of voting irregularities, later echoed by Republicans in Congress who voted not to certify the results. Three people have been charged now in the 2018 prison killing of the notorious gangster James Whitey Bulger. According to federal authorities, a prison guard found Bulger's body in his cell at 8.21 a.m. October 30th, 2018 at the U.S. Penitentiary Hazleton in Brewston Mills, West Virginia, less than 12 hours after he arrived in a transfer from a federal penitentiary from Florida. This is the FBI agent who actually arrested Bulger, thinking he may have had the wrong guy because he was told Bulger had dementia flashed through my mind is, oh, my God, I just arrested an 81-year-old man with Alzheimer's who thinks he's Whitey Bulger. What is he going to tell me next? He's Elvis? So I said, do me a favor. I said, this woman over here says you have a touch of Alzheimer's. He said, don't listen to her. She's effing nuts. He says, "Uh, I'm James Bulger. 
and charged Wednesday 55-year-old Fotios Gase, 48-year-old Paul D. Colojero, 36-year-old Sean McKinnon. They're charged with conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of West Virginia in a statement. Prosecutors accused Geese and D. Colojero of fatally striking Bulger in the head multiple times. Well, Russia has allegedly told worshippers at the Zafazoria nuclear power plant not to show up to work today. Ukrainian military intelligence has exclusively confirmed to NBC News that fact. This comes amid allegations and speculation from both Russia and Ukraine that an incident is being planned today at that plant. 77 WABC time check coming up on 5.15. Time to head over to Justin Ellick for a look at sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. One step up and two steps back for the Yankees as they came out flat once again last night. Following the short-lived momentum they induced via Wednesday night's heroics. Kicking off a four-game set in the Bronx against the Blue Jays, Frankie Montas was still searching for his groove in pinstripes as he struggled from the get-go, surrendering five runs in just the second inning to put the still lifeless Yankees offense in an insurmountable hole. Just to be nice, the Jays handed the Yanks two of their own tallies with sloppy defense in the third, but that's all the quote-unquote offense would muster as four more for Toronto across the subsequent four innings would bury the Bombers for good. 9-2 to is your final as New York will continue to try and claw their way out of the abyss tonight at 7.05 p.m. at the stadium. Jameson Tyrone will get the ball going up against Toronto's Kevin Gaussman. As for the Mets, well, they came crashing down from the high that their Wednesday night win provided as well as they failed to get another uh, get anything going against Max Fried in the Atlanta bullpen last night in their series finale with the Braves. Going off normal MLB stadium. Standards. Jacob DeGrom was really solid once again, but based on the st- standards he set for himself, the right-hander was subpar last night, allowing three runs on five hits over six and two-thirds innings pitched. Two runs sprouted for the orange and blue in the fifth frame on uh, Mark Canna two-run shot, but Atlanta squeaked out just enough against the Mets' arms to secure the 3-2 three to, three to two win and the series win over New York. The Mets' lead in the AL East is now back to three and a half games, and DeGrom had a few words on that following the loss. You know, um... We just got to continue to play good baseball. You know, we were in that game tonight, um, and we just got to continue to play good baseball and, you know, worry about what we can do and not what other teams are doing. Just go out there and try to win every game. I wanted to come in here and win all four games, but, uh, you know, once they won a couple, then the goal was for the split, and we weren't able to get it. So. New York will try and get right as they open up a weekend series in Philadelphia tonight against the Phillies. 7.05 p.m. is first pitch. Chris Bassett going up against Phillies' Aaron Nola. Preseason football, Giants welcome the Bengals Sunday at 7 p.m. And the Jets will welcome in the Atlanta Falcons Monday at 8 p.m. Both games at MetLife. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here are the early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Mostly sunny skies today are high 90. The overnight low, 72. Partly sunny day Saturday, the high 83. For Sunday, partly sunny, the high 79. Right now, 70 degrees, clear skies here in the Big Apple. A rock and roll magazine that actually ended in the 1980s making a comeback now. Jacqueline Carl has a story. Cream 
magazine, which once billed itself as, quote, America's only rock and roll magazine, is attempting a comeback this after more than 30 years. J.J. Kramer, the son of the original founder, is behind the effort. Kramer was four years old when his father died. The original Cream was a monthly publication and folded in 1999. The new version will be a glossy magazine that publishes quarterly and will be available only to people who pay $79 for a subscription. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And at 5.50, our interview coming up with Dr. Peter Salk, the son of Dr. Jonas Salk, who invented the polio vaccine, uh, our conversation following that outbreak of polio up in Rockland County. And if you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.